All right. Well, I didn't expect to win this one. You know, I really didn't. The Knicks were going into this game already 2-0 against the Sixers this season. Um, but the way the Knicks looked for a good portion of this game kind of got my hopes up a little bit and started thinking ahead. And uh, that's never good, especially when you're a Knicks fan because, we you know, we've seen some shit. Let's talk Knicks at 478. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, turning, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Time! Penetrate, create, and showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. All right, welcome to the show, episode 478 of the podcast. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to, or maybe watching, BD4. Where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis, we also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. Uh, Big card for uh, for the UFC tomorrow. Huge card, Saturday night. Biggest pay-per-view you're going to see. In a long, long time, or you have seen in a long time, it's I expect it to be nuts. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait. Um, we're here to talk Knicks, so let's get right into it. Welcome to the podcast. So, the Knicks lost 119 to 108 tonight against Philly, but as I said at the top of the show, the Knicks were in this game and they were winning for a good portion of it. Um, in the first quarter. You had Jalen Brunson, who just couldn't miss a damn thing out there. He had 13 points within the first three minutes. He finishes the first quarter with 20 points. Uh, Randall starts chipping in later. He's in double figures, corner three balls. RJ gets a few buckets to drop. The second quarter comes. Brunson's, you know, he starts facilitating. Uh, RJ is getting involved with the spot-ups. Quickly's at the rim. Jericho's throwing down lobs off of Brunson alley-oops. And the Knicks are up 12 points late second quarter. Sixers make a bit of a push at the end of the period. You know, with Embiid drawing contact and getting to the line. Um, That Tobias Harris dagger three-pointer at the end of the half with like uh, three-point-something seconds left. Kind of took the air out of me and irked me a lot. Um, but in the third quarter, you're a few minutes in, RJ gets the big end one, the Knicks go back up 10, you have Randall with the fadeaway working, the three-point ball is falling for him, the Knicks go up 12 points late third quarter. Things are still looking good, but then, you know, you get the turning point of the night, for me at least, um, where it all just seems to go downhill. Late in the third quarter, R.J. Barrett misses the three-pointer. 
on the next Sixers possession in the half court, you get Harden in one-on-one against uh, Hartenstein. He blows right by him and finishes at the rim left with the finger roll. And then on the inbound pass, R.J. Barrett throws it in, but he makes a terrible pass right into a turnover. And then from there, they kick it out to Maxi, who knocks down a three-pointer from the left side wing. And the Sixers go on this 9 nothing run. And Bede is suddenly on fire. Randall's turning it over back-to-back as well. Maxi is now getting to the rim. They crawl back. They come within one point. It's 93-92 heading into the fourth. Fourth quarter comes, and the Sixers just start out by shooting the Knicks out the damn gym. Um, they put them to bed early. Harden is knocking down triples. Maxi a couple times. Uh, Niang a few times. They tie it up. They take a slim lead. That slim lead eventually bleeds into a bigger lead, and suddenly it's 111-103 with about three minutes to play. And just like that, it's too late. The final score, Philadelphia 76ers 119, New York Knicks 108. Dropping a rare road loss in this one, but whatever, man. As I said, I didn't expect it to be a win before the game. It's very difficult to beat a team three times in a season, uh, let alone beat the Philadelphia 76ers, who are, I think, the number two or three seed this year three times in a row. So that's just one of them games where I'm not going to be too mad about. But I do have some things to say. Um, We're going to talk about the game. Somewhere in the middle of this show, we will get to our segment where earlier today I reviewed the Josh Hart trade. Um, give my thoughts on that, and then that'll be that. Give out our awards. That's that. Get to our trivia. So, um, you know, the offense today, first off, in in the fourth quarter, I thought the offense was ugliest. Um, the Knicks scored 15 points on 6 of 17 shooting. They missed four of their six three-point attempts in the period. They only had two free throw attempts in the fourth. They missed one of them. We were actually getting some good looks. I didn't. I didn't exactly think the ball movement tonight was just was bad. I thought we were just missing and not capitalizing. Um, but there were possessions. It was that. It was a zone for most of the night too. It was the zone defense, of course. That, that the Knicks just could not bust. Um, outside of, of maybe the second quarter, where you know we were either moving the ball quickly on the perimeter or you know found someone off the nail or we, we hit up Hartenstein in the middle. You know, we found our ways to beat the zone, but we couldn't sustain that. And you know, Thibodeau offenses in general against the zone don't usually bode well. Um, guys just start over dribbling and stop moving the ball, uh, at least at a fast pace. Uh, and then Philly did a nice job containing Brunson after his big time first quarter. He only had 10 points the rest of the way. They had Tyrese Maxey on him. Uh, they threw some traps on him. The Nick bench really, really struggled. They put together just 21 points, uh, versus the Phillies, uh, the Phillies, the Sixers, 42 points. 
outside of quickly, you got really nothing from the second unit. Uh, you got very little from Hartenstein, nothing really from Deuce or Obi. Um, and I didn't like that. I didn't like that the Sixers. Doc Rivers checked in Harden at the top of the fourth quarter. And then Thibodeau countered with only R.J. Barrett. You had Harden and Tobias Harris check in early fourth quarter at the very start of it. And Tibbs decides to counter that by sitting Randall and Brunson. To me, that's an absolute no. You know, the offense was already sputtering a little bit with the ball pressure that Philly was applying and that zone defense. So to have Obi and Deuce McBride out there instead of Randall and Brunson, I thought that killed us. And we saw it. You know, you had Harden tearing the Knicks apart in the pick and roll while the Knicks were switching often. That killed us. You know, and... Going back to the Nick offense, it's kind of hard to counter the 119 points that Philly's putting up when you're just not getting shots up, you know, and, and it's just, it's a slow pace offense, man, and we talk about this often, and I get it, I get it, Tibbs likes to prioritize shot quality and taking care of the basketball Especially when he's got a lead like he had tonight. He likes to slow it down. But even at the beginning of the season. Our offense was going. It was carrying the Knicks. They were making an effort to push the pace. While the defense was horrendous early on. It was the offense that was keeping us afloat. Now it's kind of gone back down to being very slow pace half-court style of ball, a lot of isolation sets. I just wish that sometimes we'd adapt to the times. Just go with the times a little bit. Just progress. You know, the Knicks only got 81 shots up tonight, and they only got 16 free throw attempts up. For some context, Dallas is 30th in the NBA, dead last, with 83 shots per game. Golden State is dead last, 30th, with 20 free throw attempts a game. Again, the Knicks, 81 and 20, and uh, 81 and 16. So not only were the Knicks lower than average tonight, but we were beyond awful when it comes to our shot volume. Um, just the, the slow pace ball, never going to be my favorite. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I'm a very big fan of of, of this this kid we got, Josh Hart. I like the trade, and I think Josh Hart is a guy who can help push the pace and transition. He's a guy who can run the floor. And uh, when we return from break, I actually want to get to that segment where earlier today I, I reviewed the trade that happened um, on deadline day uh, on the 9th. So we'll get to that as soon as we get back from break. Stay with us. Be right back. Hey guys, so if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. 
GD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Hope you're enjoying the episode. Now, we are going to get to that segment right now. Um, And again, this is a couple hours before this Philly-Knicks game that happened tonight. So, I recorded this earlier before the episode before the rest of this episode so we're gonna talk we're, we're getting to this uh again we're getting to a like a 15 minute review um of the josh hart trade i gave my thoughts on it real briefly um so let's get to that right now so the knicks made a trade a couple nights ago for cam reddish i'm sorry uh, they they traded cam reddish for josh hart uh, the specifics of the deal, uh, Cam, um, and then the two reserves that never played unless it was, you know, garbage time. Uh, Svi, uh, Ryan Archidonacio, whatever the hell that guy's name was. We never learned his name. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, the kid from Nova. So it was Cam, Svi, Ryan, um, and a first-round pick uh, protected and it also turns into four second rounds if it's not conveyed this year. They're going to Portland. The Knicks, in return, get Josh Hart. Um, so my thoughts in short, right off the bat, good move. Good, solid move for the Knicks. Uh, Cam didn't play. It sucks to lose him. Uh, you know, I do still think there is some upside there. So, you know, it'd be nice to see him maybe become something somewhere else. Um, Just not too good, please. (laughs) Um, No, I I don't think he's... I I think Knicks fans really, really over-exaggerate with some of these guys who don't get the minutes they want. Um, But I do think Cam could be something decent. Um, And it also sucks that we essentially had to lose two first-round picks for this, right? Um, When you consider the initial move for Cam... But, I mean, we've talked about that enough, uh, how the front office kind of botched that whole thing. Um, also, again, the pick we gave up in this deal for Josh Hart was not only protected, but it's basically a second-round pick right now. Um, you know, unless the Knicks collapse, knock on wood. Um, but this, you know, this was something, this was exactly what I wanted, this trade deadline. Um, a small move. Nothing more, nothing dumb, right? And you save your capital for the home run move down the line since there was nobody available this deadline. Uh, obviously, besides the whole, you know, KD, Kyrie thing, but, you know. Bottom line, the Knicks didn't waste on what I would call fake stars like, uh, I don't know, Zach Levine. Um, Levine, I, I've never wanted anything to do with that guy. He's never played an important game in his life. He has an awful contract. He's pretty one-dimensional, and I just don't trust his knees to hold up. Um, the OG on Nobi News, same thing. He's a nice player, but he's no superstar. Nobody that I'm wasting three first-round picks on. 
Um, so, you know, that, you know, that was my whole thing. You know, it's like, why waste assets that you could use on an eventual franchise player on players like that, Levine or OG, who will get you maybe around further, but leave you without the assets for, for the future. So I say just you know, ride out the year, see if Josh Hart can help you get to that number six spot, maybe into the second round if you're lucky enough. And, you know, the, the very next time a superstar becomes available, we better not see Leon Rose become hesitant again and pull off, a, you know, another Donovan Mitchell 2.0 type of thing because that would really just get me off board. Um, so I'm fine. And, you know, Josh Hart is is the literal fit. He's an ideal fit for Tom Thibodeau. He's a hard-nosed player, a, a versatile wing who plays defense and rebounds. That's Tibbs. That's a Tibbs player. That's why Tibbs likes Grimes. That's why he likes McBride quickly. That's why you see R.J. Barrett get benched sometimes in the fourth quarter. And that's why he didn't like Cam Reddish. That's why he's not a big fan of Obi Toppin, right? The Knicks, or Tibbs, likes defense and rebounding. He likes those guys who play that rigid style. Um, the Knicks needed some more size and length in there at the wing position. And, you know, Hart's not huge, but he's got enough size. So he, he's, he's, he's their wing depth. They got it. Um, and in addition to his defense and his very strong rebounding, Hart can cut to the basket off the basketball, finish at the rim very efficiently. I think I saw he's 71% in the restricted area this year. Um, and when he's on the ball, he's pretty capable of playmaking a little bit too. Um, his biggest question mark in his game is unfortunately one of the Knicks' bigger question marks and that is that's shooting um he's not much of a mid-range guy but that's fine we've actually got a few of those but from a three-point standpoint he's not really special um he's not a terrible three-point shooter over the course of his career he's been pretty adequate capable but this year it has been a down year for him at the three-point arc um he's shooting just 30 percent um, again, year to year, he usually hovers around 33, 34, maybe 35%. But this year, he's been a lot more streakier than usual. Uh, but still, you can't fix all your flaws. The Knicks needed perimeter defense. And they got themselves a wing who can come in and be aggressive on the glass. So that never hurts, especially with, with Robinson still injured right now. right? And Josh Hart, man, I like him. I remember him with a few teams. L.A., uh, Portland was where we got him from. But I think before that, he was with New Orleans. And he, he's a pretty productive player, man. Just a, a jack-of-all-trades type of guy. Uh, this season with Portland, 10 points per game, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 1.5 turnovers a game. Good ratio there. 50% shooting from the floor. 33 minutes per game, and he's played in 51 games. So he's efficient, he's durable, he's tough, he does it all. And that's, that's again, that's why he will play. There's no question he will play. I can't imagine this 
being a Cam Reddish 2.0 deal here where the front office and the head coach don't communicate and he ends up sitting the entire time. Um, I, I can't imagine that happening again. I have to think they learn from that. Um, I actually think, given the type of player that Josh Hart is, that Thibodeau probably had some influence. This is probably a Tibbs target. Um, he's also, obviously, he's a former CAA client, so I'm sure Leon had the influence, obviously. But um, I'm expecting him to play. I'm expecting him to get the starter minutes that he usually gets and, and even be in a lot of these closing lineups because of the way he plays defense. Uh, he's going to close out. He's going to make his rotations. He can hedge a ball screen up top. He plays hard, man. And, you know, that should be a wake-up call to someone like R.J. Barrett, too, right? I mean, let's call a spade a spade. If, if R.J.'s not engaged on that end and his shot's not on, he's cut for the rest of the night. I do not doubt that. I think Tibbs will use Hart down the stretch if R.J.'s not on, if he's not playing defense. Um, now, the question is, in the rotation overall, who does Josh Hart replace? Um, you know, as much as you and even I w- would like to run a 10-man rotation, it's probably not going to happen under Tom Tibbs, right? We know Tibbs likes it at 9, and I'm sure some of that is because he didn't trust Fournier and Reddish to be engaged uh, and defensively sound. But he's also always been a guy to run 9, 9.5 tops like he did in Chicago and in Minnesota even. And maybe he does a 9.5. Uh, and what I mean by that is is just like a 10th t- man, but the 10th t- man only gives you, I don't know, 5, 10 minutes. Maybe that's that's where Deuce McBride goes. You know, he becomes a 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 minutes a night guy, becomes more of a situational rotation player. Um what he may do is is start out with 10 men and then dwindle it down to 9 like he kind of like he did earlier in the season to kind of give an idea that guys will have to work for it that whole uh, merit-based crap that we heard him say you know we've we've been uh become accustomed to that word merit-based um but it's a good excuse for him to kind of give off that illusion to his guys and then just eventually throw a heart out there over a Deuce McBride you know, overall, uh, I think, you know, so I think Deuce is probably going to be the odd man out at some point, um, if not right away, but uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see him take the floor for sure. I, I think he's a perfect fit with some of these guys. Obviously it's going to take some time to get chemistry, but you know that him and obviously Jalen Brunson, they've got that Villanova connection. You saw the video. That was pretty cool. That's been blowing up. Um, I like to see them out there running that one-three pick and roll. I think that'd be very effective with the way Hart can screen, and he's a pretty big body. Um, even a quickly Grimes Josh Hart trio. That right there is a terrific defensive lineup combination to toy with. You could do a lot of things. You know, Hart is a wing. You could probably run all the way up to the four at times if you want to play small. I remember three seasons ago uh, with the Pelicans underneath Gentry. Alvin Gentry would use him at power forward occasionally. Uh, and, and he's someone who can hopefully take some pressure off Grimes and, and RJ. Those two guys can maybe focus more on their offense, and especially Grimes not always having to take on that 
toughest wing assignment anymore and shut down the other team's best scorer. Um, so I think he helps a lot. Uh, my other question is about his contract. Um, I'm wondering what the Knicks are going to do at the end of the year. He's owed $12.9 million this year. Uh, the Knicks are paying the rest of that. And then if he's not waived in the summer, there's like a late June cutoff date. If he's not waived by late June, he's guaranteed another $13 million next year. So I, I, I think, I want to say this is probably a guy the Knicks plan on bringing back and not just using him as a rental. Um, he probably opts out of that player option in the summer, but I would say they, they probably rework a new deal. Um, Cam is gone. Obi, I think he's moved in the summer, honestly. Um, and then quickly is, is extension eligible as well, but you don't have to do that right away. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if they, if they brought him back. I don't know if I would pay him a ton. You know, if you can do, I don't want to like, I, I hate guessing contracts, but like three year deal. I wouldn't want to go too much higher than 40 million. Um, even that seems like a lot, but I don't, that's like what, 13 a year. But um, I don't know. I, it, it's a good move for now, right? Overall, if I were to grade it, yeah, I mean, I, I would say a solid B, uh, maybe a B plus. You know, it, it's a good move, right? Nothing huge, but again, nothing huge was out there. Nothing was out there. You know, now, now we have to figure out, <clears throat> you know, what are we going to do with D. Rose? <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm guessing buyout. You know, the Knicks said they wanted to do him right and get him onto a contender. Uh, Milwaukee was a, a suitor at the time. Obviously, that didn't happen. They went and got Crowder. Um, so you couldn't find any suitors for someone like Rose. I'm assuming they're going to buy him out, and whoever picks him up, picks him up. If there's a contender looking for a veteran voice. Um, and and Evan. Evan Fournier is still here. They didn't move him. Um, at least, you know. He's here at least until the summer, which could be very possible he's moved then. But is he still going to be out of the rotation? I would like to see him use, man. I, I think he's got no, not a lot, you know, sparingly, but you do need three-point shooting, and you didn't address that. So I, I, it just seems a little useless to have some of these guys on the bench and then not use them. You know, um, you have two roster spots open with, with Svi and the other Villanova kid going. Um, I don't know. Maybe they explore the buyout market, see what they can get. But, you know, if Tibbs sticks with a nine-man rotation, I, I don't know what you do. It's, it's going to be that. You know, Tibbs likes consistency. He likes guys knowing their roles. So that's, that's that. You know, it's not going to be anything. You know, I, I think Hart... Let's just say he replaces Deuce McBride. And then maybe you can add Evan as a 10th. That's probably the most ideal thing. Um, some nights it's Evan. Some nights it's Deuce. Getting those 5-10 minutes. You know, that's probably the best idea here. But um, I, I think eventually, down the stretch of the season, it's, it's going to go back to 9 if he even does the 10, 9.5 type of thing. But, yeah. 
it's a good move. Just going to add my quick thoughts. That's it. That was it. Um, and, um, yep, Josh Hart. I'm excited. Now, obviously, this recording is literally right when I got home on uh, Feb- Friday, February 10th. So it's it's like afternoon. The uh, Knicks Sixers game did not happen as I am recording this, but obviously as you are listening to this, all of that already happened, and this part of the podcast is just thrown in there. So Josh Hart, I'm excited to see what he can do. Solid move, and that's that. Welcome back to the show. Hope you guys enjoyed that segment of it. Yeah, man, I think he's going to be good. Um, Getting back to this game tonight, we just talked about the offense, talked about the fourth quarter a little bit. I want to talk about the defense because we did, the Knicks did, give up 119 points on 52% shooting, right? And, And listen, the defense, Tibbs is always going to emphasize protecting the paint. That is him to a T. We know this. Guys will help on the nail to prevent the dribble drive. You know, the issue with that, offenses will make the extra swing pass to the wing for a three-pointer, and the Knicks are late rotating. You know, uh, when the big man rolls, that's when the Knicks bring weak side help to avoid the finish or foul. The problem with that, that leaves the corners open. We like the drop coverage in pick and roll to keep the big man down near the rim. But sometimes our guys can't fight over the screen by themselves or the big will fade in the pick and pop. Sometimes we trap guys up top like we did in B tonight. But again, that leaves the Knicks vulnerable to an open shooter where they've got to scramble and rotate. All of that, that that scheme kind of hurt the Knicks tonight, uh, especially in the second half where Philly scored 60 points on 56% shooting, also going 9 for 17, 47% from three. Uh, you had a number of instances, and I just want to draw you know, call back to them. In the third quarter, Randall drops back after the Melton kickout, and then he's late closing out in the corner. Um, Grimes in the third quarter, he's helping on Embiid. And Brunson is cheating off his man near the block. So that leads to an open three from Niang. In the fourth quarter, you had a few instances. Uh, you had an instance where the drop defense hurt. Um, since, you know, again, it, it didn't provide help on, on ball screens. So you saw RJ struggling to fight over that Paul Reed pick. Uh, meanwhile, Hartenstein is in drop. So that left open space for James Harden to pop a three-point triple. You had RJ late getting out to Niang, trying to help on Harden, who was taking Obi off the dribble on one sequence. Uh, Brunson a few times tonight helping on Embiid, and that left Maxi open. So, you know, there were a lot of possessions where I was just thinking, man, we miss Mitchell Robinson. We miss his length and mobility in those pick and rolls. Uh, but we also missed him on the offensive glass. Jericho Sims, no offensive rebounds tonight. Isaiah Hartenstein, only two. So in 48 minutes, our big man gave us two offensive boards. Um, you know, that's not going to cut it, especially against a really good rebounding team. 
Um, you know, we, we, we just get maybe two, three more offensive rebounds and maybe the Knicks pull out this victory. You know, the Sixers also got some key offensive rebounds themselves in the second half tonight. It was very maddening. Um, I feel like Jericho struggles against the bigger bodies. We saw that again. Uh, he struggled against Embiid last time out. Embiid tonight goes for 35-11. and 11. Um, So that, that, that was an issue. Uh, some individual performances. R.J. Barrett tonight had another very underwhelming game. Uh, shocker. 19 points, just 3 rebounds. He's not really rebounding well this year. Uh, two assists, four turnovers, zero steals. He shot the ball well from three. Went three out of five. Those spot-ups are probably his biggest strength. Um, it's his only way to score on a jump shot, really. But he was four of 11 inside the arc tonight, and that's especially bad because the vast majority of of those 11 shots were inside the paint specifically. Um, you just saw a lot more tunnel vision, which has been a day one problem with RJ. You know, he's forcing it in traffic uh, tonight, forcing it over Embiid or Milton a few times. Uh, he missed Obi Toppin weak side on a drive from the opposite baseline. He missed Randall and Brunson weak side on another possession earlier in the game and forced one up. I just, I didn't like the decision-making from R.J. Barrett tonight. Um, and, and it was another rough night for him on defense, which is is unfortunately a recurring issue. Um, and this is by far, in my opinion, been his worst defensive season. Um, it's actually made him a negative impact player this year. Um, we're giving out our game balls to wrap this up. Jalen Brunson gets the game ball among the I thought he was great. Um, that's the wrong stat. <laughs> Those are the wrong stats for Brunson, but he ended up scoring 30 points tonight. Um, he gets the game ball. I'm not going to dive too deep into it. He was super hot early, uh, but again, the Sixers did well containing him, zoning, pressuring, trapping later on, forcing him to, to move it. Um, but still, very efficient. 30 points, grabbed seven rebounds. Dimed out nine assists. He was just shy of a triple. Um, two turnovers. Shot the ball 12 of 19. Two of four from three. Four of five at the free throw line. Uh, just the defense was not great. But overall, another good one from Brunson. Uh, and Emmanuel quickly tonight gets the game ball off the bench. Bing bang. Uh, again, I forgot to update the stats here. So just ignore them. They are incorrect. But quickly tonight, scored 13 points, three assists, one turnover. He was a perfect four for four inside the arc. Uh, one steal, one block. Uh, a huge second quarter from quickly to help the Knicks extend that lead into double figures. I thought he played a big part. Um, didn't shoot the three ball great, but outside the Knicks' three best players, Brunson, Randall, and um, Barrett, the Knicks were one out of 12 from three so that'll also lose you the game especially when the Sixers are hot in that second half um, and that's it guys that's it we're wrapping this up here we have a back-to-back -back, so I don't want to drag this episode on I want to get it out as quick as I can this way it has a longer shelf life um, but yeah 
as you are listening to this, it should be Saturday the uh, the 11th. Saturday, February 11th. And the Knicks will be taking on the Jazz tonight, 7.30 p.m. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, that'll be that. Let's get to our... Uh, let's wrap it up as soon as we get back from break with our question of the day, our parlay, and then that will be that. Let's get to break. Be right back. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to bd4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to bd4blog.com. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to episode 478 of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to BD4. So let's wrap this up with our parlay and question of the day. We'll get to our parlay first. Welcome to RJ's Parlay, where my degenerate self breaks down tonight's big parlay. If I miss, it's not surprising. If I hit, I'll probably lose it all tomorrow night, because that's how this works. Welcome to RJ's Parlay. So tonight's parlay, we had it on the Knicks-Sixers game. I had a four-pick parlay for plus 165 odds. I have the Knicks covering the plus 16.5 alternate spread. Randall going for 35 combined points, rebounds, assists. Brunson going for 30 plus combined. And Barrett going for 20 plus combined. I like that combined stuff. It's fun. And I cashed in. Four out of four. And we're back on track. Gonna do something for definitely probably gonna, I'm definitely doing something for the Super Bowl and I'm most likely gonna do something for the UFC tomorrow night. I know we we, we haven't covered the UFC in a, in a while. It's been a few pay per views now. Um, it's just hard to do those on my own because I only know so much about the technical terms of fighting. I can I can give my thoughts on things, but it's I, I don't know. I find it very difficult to do those by myself. So it's easier to cover UFC when I've got guests on so if we can get one maybe have one for uh maybe have an episode for ufc 280 whatever the hell tomorrow is 283 4 um let's get to our crush our, our trivia question of the day to wrap this up all right so for episode 478 here our nyy NYK MMA question of the day is 
True or false? When the Knicks won 54 games in 2013, only two of their starters played over 70 games. True or false? When the Knicks won 54 games in 2013, only two of their starters played over 70 games. So let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. Uh, if you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout out on the next show. If you don't get it correct, tough shit. True or false? When the Knicks won 54 games in 2013, only two of their starters played over 70 games. Only two of their starters played over 70 games. Is that true or false? All right, guys. Appreciate you tuning in. That's it for me. I'm your host, RJ. Episode 478 is in the books, and I'll see you after this Utah Jazz game. Hopefully it's a win, and hopefully we get to see our guy Josh Hart make his debut. He hasn't taken his physical yet, so... That's probably why he didn't play tonight. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.